Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, June 14th edition of the TU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined today by uh, University of Tulsa offensive lineman Chester Baugh. And uh, Chester, really appreciate you joining us. How are things? Uh, everything is going good. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, you bet. So I talked to uh, Ethan Hall last week and Stephen Kittleman the week before that, and we've had some good discussions and appreciate them and looking forward to having a discussion with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you, you're from Ghana in West Africa, spent your first 12 years there. Uh, can you give us a sense of what life was like there? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, life over there was kind of, i say, more community-like. Like, I grew up in the street, like, playing with my friends on the street, just playing soccer. Like, I grew up playing soccer. I didn't really know about football until I got here when I moved at 12. But life over there was good. I went to school with my two older brothers, and that's who I moved here with. I stayed with my aunt and my uh, grandmother before she passed away. And then when we moved here, I came and started living with my mom and my stepdad. So life over there was pretty good. It was pretty chill as well. Is that right? What yeah. uh, Now, what's the name of the, the town or the city you grew up in? Uh, I grew up in uh, Accra, Accra, Ghana. Uh, the street uh, or the I'll say the town I grew up in, the name was Kokomemele, and it was part of Accra. So, yeah. And what was the what was that town like? Oh, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Like, like I said, I used to be around just walking around in the neighborhood with my friends because it was a big sense of community. And then we used to go around, get food, go to school. So it was kind of like the same group of friends you grew up with. You kind of did the same similar things with and you had the same interests and hobbies. So it was, it was pretty fun times. It was some hard times there as well, but it was chill. What kind of hard times? Oh, you know, like sometimes they have like power offs or lights off, like I call them. You know, uh, you have to go a couple of days or maybe a couple of hours without having like electricity or something like that. So you have to find new ways to have fun and adapt and, you know, stuff like that. So what did you do to adapt? Oh, like I said, you go outside, you talk to your friends, your family, you have games like dice or you have ludo like we called it we have sudoku so it kind of brought like everybody together instead of people just now like being on their phone or like having their separate rooms and just doing their own thing it kind of brought everybody together under like one room one roof and just made us bond together and make our bond stronger as a family and as a community any other challenges you had to deal with uh Nah, I mean, some other people in the community had challenges, but I feel like my mom did pretty well to provide because while I was growing up over there, she was over here working and sending like some money and some groceries and stuff for me and my brothers and family for us to live off of. So I feel like I was kind of blessed in that situation to not really struggle as much as other people. But she really tried her best with my uh, father as well. So your mom came to the United States uh, to kind of seek a better life. She yeah. left you and your brothers in Africa. You were two at the time, correct? Yes, sir. So, uh, and, and like you said, you eventually came to the States to join her when you were 12. But there's a 10-year gap where you you were without your mom. What, what oh, was, yeah. Now, well, so uh, did, did your dad go too, or did he stay with you in Africa? Oh, no, my dad was, uh, he was still in Ghana. He just came and, like, saw us, took us to school sometime. But we really mainly stayed with my uh, grandmother, which is my mom's mother, before she passed away, and then I start, we began staying with my mom's sister, 
And then, but my dad was always in our life. He would always come visit, bring us stuff and all that. So that was pretty good too. But yeah, she was here 10 years and she came to visit twice while she was uh, over here. What was it like to be that age and be without your mom for such a long period of time? I would lie. It was, it was kind of tough, but like I said, the sense of community kind of helped me cope with that because I wasn't really thinking about it until like sometimes I'll see folks talking about their mom, this, mom, that, and I'll be like, oh, I kind of have a mother as well. She's just like abroad, but uh, that kind of took like a sense of getting used to because when I first saw her, like I didn't really know it was my mother. My brothers kind of had to tell me. I always make the joke like I didn't really know because I always spoke to her over the phone. I didn't really like I always, of course, saw pictures, but I never saw her face to face. So I was about like, I think eight or nine since I can remember. So they really had to kind of tell me and I truly uh, began to embrace the moment. You were really young at the time. Did you understand what she was doing? Like, did you understand the big picture? Nah, I didn't really understand the big picture. But now that I'm older and I took a step back, I'm like, okay, I, under, I completely understand what she did to provide for the family. So I'm not even mad at it. I'm like, I understand this is life. So it's been good. That, that's a pretty brave thing for a mother to do, right? Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I, it was really tough on her. Yeah, it was tough on her. I feel like it was way tougher on her than us because it's kind of like missing your children all this time, but you know you're working hard to provide for them and give them a sense of, you know, life and to be able to bring all three of us here for a sense of better life and opportunity. I tip my, hat, my hats off to her, really. So you came to the U.S. when you were 12. Uh, you already knew English. Yes, uh, were you were you excited, scared, both? Uh, oh, like a bit of everything, because to me, I didn't really know what was going on. Like I knew about the us going to the embassy and trying to get our passports and all that. But like it didn't really hit me to like we really got on the we were about to approach the plane. I was like, oh, wow, I'm really about to like go to America and leave this life behind. And then when I finally got here, I was kind of like just living as a kid. And I won't lie to you, it didn't really hit me till I, I was walking or I was jogging to school in one day. And then I like snow first started hitting me for the first time. That's when I was kind of like, oh, I'm officially in America, you know. So, yeah, that's when it finally like hit me. Did you did you want to come to America or did you want to stay in Africa? Uh being a kid, I'll say I probably wanted to stay for selfish reasons, like yeah. my friends, because I didn't really know anybody over here. But uh, I always was appreciative of the sense of opportunity because I always knew over here, if you put your mind to it, you can always become what you really want to be. So I kind of took it as an opportunity to help my family out and see what was the best route to have a better life and support some of my people back home as well, too. So when you first came to the States, did you come to Tulsa? Like, is, did you land here first? Uh, I think I landed in Chicago. And then after Chicago, like, the flight brought me to Tulsa. But, yeah, I've been in Tulsa ever since. She was already here before okay. we came. Okay. The biggest adjustment for you living in America was what? Biggest adjustments. I'll say over here, everybody having their own, like, sense of privacy. Because over there, you could go on the street and all your neighbors would be, like, outside just talking and being with their family. But over here, people are more closed doors. They're, like... They come home, they do their own thing at home, 
the only time you kind of see them outside if it's they have kids and they're playing or it's a barbecue or they're just simply mowing their lawn. But over there, people were outside more often, I'll say. And I also don't blame you guys because it gets pretty cold over here. So I'm like, I don't know who in their right mind would want to just sit outside in the cold. So that makes sense too. So before you came to the States, what's the coldest temperature you'd ever been around? Sheesh, probably rain. Yeah, rain was the coldest. So I'll say maybe 60, 50. Not really that cold. Yeah, that's nothing nowadays. How hot did it get? Ooh, I'll say probably 90s in the hundreds, a little humid. So it got pretty hot, I won't lie. Okay. The the best part of, of living in America is what? Best part of living in America. Ooh, I'll say... uh. The freedom, I won't lie. The fact that you guys can do more stuff, you have more laws to like, for example, like you guys can go out, do more things. You can go shopping, like you can drive everywhere. Like over there, like you can walk a lot of places. Like we have cars as well, but you can walk a lot of places and like things are closer, but over here things are more spread out. So like you have rides, you have more things to do for fun, if that makes sense. And then you also have football. So that's pretty good too. That's pretty good, too. Uh, the worst part of living here is what? Oh, worst part. Uh, to me, I'll say sometimes it gets really cold. And when you have, like, black ice on the road, I feel like that's when it gets dangerous. To me, I don't like it when it gets, like, that cold. I like a little cold, but when it gets dangerous, I don't, I don't really like it. Yeah. What do you miss most about home? The food and the culture. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, give me some examples. Uh, like we listen to a lot of Afro beats. Like over here, you guys listen to hip hop, country. You have a variety of music, but over there, the music is kind of more Afro beat and up tempo. So every time I hear it, I get the moving, get in a good mood, and all that. So I kind of feel I miss the parties we used to have, and then the food as well. Like I eat fufu and soup, jollof. Like my mom makes those, but I still miss it from like the local places and like your friends. Uh, family when they make some food too so I miss the sense of community and culture as well now say that food again what was that uh fufu and soup what is explain that uh so fufu is basically like a cassava dough and sometimes they can pound it and then you can make like a different variety of soup like peanut butter soup light soup like different variety of soup and you just eat it within the soups you can put whatever like meat, fish, or whatever you want to, and people add a variety of different things for uh, more flavor, I'll say. So your favorite sport as a kid was soccer. Yes. What was your first American football experience? First American football experience. My first experience with football wasn't too good because I uh, my coach saw me and wanted me to try out my freshman year. But during the summertime when we work out and stuff, I was just running like a regular day, like, cause I guess, cause I hadn't been conditioned. I don't know what happened, but I was running and then I broke my tibia. I didn't know I did. Yeah. So I kind of got injured before I could even really start playing the game. So I kind of like, my mom almost made me quit playing because of that injury. Cause she was like, it's too dangerous. Uh, this, this and that. And I was like, I understand how you're feeling, but I like, like to keep going because they say you can have an opportunity to like go to college for free and earn a degree so once I heard you can go to college for free I was like okay let me put my mind to this 
and see what's the best outcome I can make in this scenario. Was that kind of your your early motivation to get good at football? Was that? Yes, because I didn't really know the game, so I couldn't say, like, I was one of those that loved it because now I love the game, but I had to grow to love it because I didn't really know what it was. So my first mindset was, okay, I'm kind of big. If I can get good enough to maybe go somewhere where I can get a degree for free or get a scholarship for free, that was my mindset. So I was like, okay, let me try to go D1 because my coaches were like, yeah, if you work hard, you have good grades, schools will give you a chance. So I was like, okay, let me listen to what they're saying and see what's the best that can come out of it. And I'm glad I listened because it worked out good in the end. So uh, back to that freshman year, were you like, why did they – say they wanted you to try out were you like a big kid oh yeah I was a big kid because I uh I won't say uh yeah I was a big kid but then they they kind of could see like the potential they always could see I could play line of course because there was no other position they're gonna put me in but I feel like my size alone attracted attention and they, then they kind of like developed me I wasn't already developed so they kind of developed me each day I was just listening to different types of coaches and then eventually the game started to make sense in my head. So it got a little easier to me. When did when do you feel you started to get good? Like when did you feel that, you know, maybe I can play college. Maybe I'm pretty good at this. Uh, I'll say my uh, junior year of high school. Because my sophomore year, I was just kind of out there getting a feel for the game, like what to do. And then my after my sophomore year, I began to lift a little more weight, get a little more conditioned. And then my junior year, that's when I started feeling like I'm not losing to anybody. Like, hey, maybe I really got a shot at this. And then my coaches started telling me, like, you keep this up, you'll be good. And then I really started to notice when my friends started to, like, tell me I'm, I'm getting better. Because they saw me from the beginning. They saw how I didn't really know what was going on. So once they started telling me how good I was, I was like, oh, maybe if I try a little harder, I can go D1. And that's when it really clicked in my head, okay, you have to watch some more film, you have to watch some, you have to do some more techniques, more footwork, stuff like that, and then eventually started adding up for me. Do you, do you like the game? Did you oh, yeah, I love the game. Yeah? Yes, what, sir, I love it now. What do you love about it? I don't lie, I love the physicality. I know, I know a lot of people say this, but I love the fact you can hit somebody and not go to jail for it, because you can't do that in, in a lot of sports, and Football is very physical, so I feel like once you get your confidence up and you know, like, what to do with your hands and your feet and it clicks in your head, it starts getting fun. Even though this is a high level and it gets a little harder, I feel like it gets fun once everything starts to make sense in your head. So you've already earned a degree in exercise sports science, correct? Yes, sir. What What are your post-college plans? You thought that was uh, my post-college plans right now, I'm hoping I can make it to the league. But if not, I always have a backup plan to maybe become a, a physical therapist. Or maybe I want to uh, pursue a career in IT. That's something I'm also looking at. But right now, my, my job is probably trying to make it to the league and not have the backup plan of being a physical therapist or doing something like I said, training kids like at Redline I'm doing right now. I can also do that if I choose to pursue that. Do you plan to spend the rest of your life in the States or might you move back to Africa at some point? Ooh, I feel like I might, I might travel a lot. I want to definitely have a place in the U.S., but I, I feel like I'll probably go back home and like build my own house or something over there. And then hopefully I can make some more money, have a good career and then 
have some places all over the world as well because I want I like to travel and I want to see different aspects of the world. Have you been back to Africa since you left? No, I have. I haven't been back to Ghana. My uh, my brothers and my mom they have, but every time they're trying to go, I have a conflict with football. I'm like, I don't know when the season is gonna end, or I have like workouts or I have school so it never really makes sense but I told them next year I'll definitely try to go I don't know who I have to talk to or what but next year is going to be almost 11 years or 12 years I'm like I definitely have to go back to see the change that has happened over there has, has there been a lot of change? Like, have you stayed in contact with, with friends and still got family? Yeah, I've stayed in contact with some friends. And then when my family come back, they tell me how different things is changing, how technology is also evolving over there. And uh, they're building, like, the uh, architecture is getting better. And they're also, like, catching up in terms of, like, with the world. They're also keeping up with the speed as well. So they tell me a lot is changing. So I want to see it with my own eyes. So let's talk about the offensive line for a second. Um, seemed like early last year you, you were kind of dealing with some inexperience and some injuries, and it feels like you kind of you guys kind of found your groove, you know, not toward the end of the season, but eventually you kind of you know you kind of found your groove a little bit. It seemed like. Uh, what's the offensive line going to be like this year? Oh, I think I think we'll be pretty nice this year. I feel like we have the new staff with Coach Stanchek and Coach Wilson as well being online heads. They're helping the, uh, the offensive line a lot with the way they're calling play. So hopefully we get to see a new and improved O-line next year. But the way they're developing us and training us each day and uh, they're making the football brain and the young guys a little more expanded. And they're also teaching me a lot of new stuff, too. So everybody in the online room is learning right now. We're all still fighting for spot. It's not like guaranteed because you start last year, you're going to play. It's like the best five that work together are going to play. And I'm I'm really excited to see how we work as a unit next year. Do you plan to be at left guard or might you play another position? Uh, I plan on being a left guard, but... uh. Whatever they want me to play at to be the better man of the team, I'm like, we can talk about it. But right now, I do plan on playing left guard. But whatever they want me to play, I'll definitely play to help the team out. What kind of new things are you learning? Oh, I'm learning, like, different, like, hand placement techniques, how to, like, different pass pro sets. Like, I don't have to, have to always vertical set. I can always switch up my technique a little bit. Also, how to like play with the defense by switching up your alignment some more and stuff, stuff like that. And then also how to read defenses as well, just by how the safety is aligned. So I'm learning how to like see where different blitzes might come from. So I'm gonna spend a lot of time in the uh, film film room. So I want to see what happens this season. Your your head coach played offensive line and coached it as well. Uh, what's Kevin Wilson's been involvement with the offensive line been like? Is he is he involved a lot, and what have you learned from him? Oh yeah, Kevin Wilson definitely involved. Coach Wilson definitely involved a lot with the O line as well as Stancheck. They've been teaching a lot of a lot about schemes and not just like doing drills to do drills. He always says use your imagination. So you have to picture yourself like a D lineman might be slant or coming vertical or a linebacker might be doing something. So they always tell us to use our imagination, though we're not in pads or in games yet, but use your imagination to make your block. Also how to uh, 
like the different play calls, how to take different sets, how to take different uh, steps in order to get the best block and to open the best lanes. So they've been teaching more. They've been teaching us more about how to block and where to expect their run to hit, if that makes sense. So anytime, Chester, there's a, a coaching change and a staff change, there's there's a new vibe, there's a there's a new energy around the program. Uh, what's the vibe been like under Kevin Wilson so far? Oh, Cardinal Coach Wilson involves me getting better every day. Like uh, the transition was kind of smooth because it happened right after the season. So we kind of had a little break before we started the new semester. But we've been getting, he's been getting to know each player every day. He gets to know them personally. He talks to them. He doesn't care if you're a walk-on, a senior, a starter or not. That's what I kind of appreciate about him. He'll let you, he'll ask you how you're doing, how's your health, how's your grades, how's everything going. And then, but when it's, when it's time to work, it's time to work. So don't take anything personal or offensive. Just know he wants the best from you. So that's how I kind of look at it. When it's time to work, it's time to work. But also, if you have a problem, he has a helping hand there for you to reach out to. So you have, so including this year, you have two years remaining, correct? This year and yes, one sir. more. Yes, um, have you thought much about that yet? You want to let uh, things go? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been talking to my family and uh, some of the coaches. I really want to have a really great season so I can maybe declare after this season. But I also understand there's a possibility I might have to come back. So I'm also weighing options. So it really determines how my season goes and how we do as a team. And that's going to uh, affect my plans for next year. So nothing is out of the woodwork. I'm just really thinking. But right now, my plan is to play one season and then try to declare. What's what's the offense going to look like uh, under Kevin Wilson? If you can just oh, kind of – like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. Oh, I feel like the offense is going to be pretty fun this year. Like, we have a lot more stuff that's open to players and their best ability. So I feel like he's really going to open the offense up to really help the O-line out, like having some – good plays, some quick plays for us, or some run plays that's like quick hitting for us and downhill. So I feel like they're going to open up the offense a lot, and uh, it's going to be pretty fun to watch. So I'm excited as well to play in it. When you talk about your NFL aspirations, what is there anything specific you'd like to work on this year and get better at? Yes, I definitely would like to work on my run blocking a lot. Uh, last year, I, I did pretty good in, uh, in pass set. I have good hands, but in my run block, I want to get a little more movement and finish a lot more blocks this year like I was in high school. Last year, I was kind of building my confidence, confidence up, learning how the college world works and, like, how fast they're moving. So I feel like this year I kind of have a better sense of it, so I'm able to uh, – move a little faster, make more run lanes so we can have a more successful rushing record and then hopefully protect the QB a little better as well as a unit. Tell me about Redline, uh, your involvement with – first tell me what it is and then talk about your involvement. Okay. Uh, Redline, it's a, a training facility in Jinx. We uh, – it's a training facility in Jinx and me – one of my fellow teammates, Dorian Hopkins, he's a linebacker. And then one of my other teammates, Jalen, he's a corner. We also work there as well. Uh, basically, what we do is we go there and we train kids. Like, we train kids. We correct their movements during, like, the runs, the lifts, all that. And then we also have football camps from 12 to 2 on Thursday and Fridays during this uh, summer. So we go there after workouts and we train the kids throughout some football drills. And then after that, 
we are able to teach them about stretches and the things we learn every day. So they're able to develop it from a young age and apply it in the different favorite sports they uh they work uh or they play in. I would say. What led you to get involved with them? Uh, my, uh, Dorian, he was my roommate when I first came here in my sophomore year, and we're pretty close together. So when he got the job and he told me about it, I kind of found it as a way to kind of gain some experience, but also make some money on the side as well. And then uh, I also love working with kids. I'm, I'm beginning to find that out. Even though we are a little hard-headed, they do. When they, once it finally clicks, it makes <laughs> sense, and it brings a big smile to my face once it makes sense to them. So I say I, I like that aspect as well. Could you could you see yourself maybe being a coach down the road? Yeah, I, I could see myself doing that. If you told me that about a year or two ago, I'd have told you no way. But now that I've been able to work with the kids, it is it's satisfying and pleasing once you're able to to help an athlete or somebody become a better version of themselves. So I could see myself being a coach. So what does the rest of your summer look like? Uh, my rest of the summer, uh, right now we're working out. So I'm doing workouts. Then after workouts, I go home for a little bit. And then after that, I go to uh, my work at Redline whenever I have time. She's pretty understanding of our uh, schedule because she knows we're D1 athletes. We're also students. So we uh, get a little busy. So whenever we get busy, she gives us the time off to be able to, like, focus on football and school and stuff. So that's what I've really been doing is just work and working out and trying to get better at my game for next year. What do you like to do in your downtime? Oh, I like to play the game a lot. So I just recently got me a, a PS5, and I'm a big FIFA fan. Like, I still play soccer to this day. It's one of my favorite sports. So I play FIFA and Madden a lot, so... If anybody wants to smoke, just know who to hit up, man. <laughs> is it – so I'm always curious about offensive linemen. Is it hard to maintain the weight you need to maintain while working out as hard as you guys do? Uh, yeah, I won't lie. When I first got here, it was extremely – it was it was difficult for me to do that because I just grew up kind of eating and then, like, working out. So I wasn't really regulating my weight. So now, like this season, I, I started playing and began regulating my weight. I kind of know what my body feels like and what it needs. So whenever I'm feeling a little thirsty, I drink some more water. Whenever I eat, I try to balance my food out. But now it's got a little easier. But at first, it took a while for me to really understand, like, how much weight I'm losing each workout. Because I used to lose sometimes 5, 10 pounds just from one practice. And then you have to be able to gain that right back in order to practice the next day. And some people have a hard time with this, but uh, you have to drink salt with your Gatorade and water because salt helps a lot with hydration. And then when you eat food, you, you got to eat a lot of your uh, fruit and veggies, even though they, it kind of sounds cliche. You got to I, I don't like veggies a lot. I only like green beans. So I try to eat like a lot of fruits to like, I guess, balance it out. I don't know if it balances out, but I <laughs> eat a lot of fruit in order for the and uh, replacement for the veggies. Do you know how many calories you eat in a day? Like, do you track Do you track that? No, I do not track that. But if I have to guess, it's probably upwards of at least 5,000. Upwards of 5,000, yeah. That's what I would – that would be my guess. I was going to guess yeah. 5,000. I was like at least 5,000, yeah. Well, that's a lot. Now that you said that, I'm going to have to keep track unless you know one day. Let, tell you what, we'll we'll meet again, you know, down the road, and we'll we'll follow up on that. Okay, okay, I'll keep track for you. I got you.
All right. Well, hey, Chester, I want to be respectful of your time. What do you say we end it there? Thank you so much for having me, man. I have fun. You, you bet, man. Uh, appreciate the conversation. It was great, great talking to you. Uh, and best of luck this year. Thank you so much for having me. You All right. Well, we'll talk down the line. All right. Really appreciate Chester Boss sitting down and taking some time to talk with us. Uh, we also have interviews with Stephen Kittleman and Ethan Hall in the archives. If you want to go check those out, uh, you can download the TU Sports Extra podcast for free on Google, Apple, or Spotify. And I'll be back next week with another player interview.